Good morning. Welcome to Crime Talk BK here on Radio Free Brooklyn. We're your hosts, Joanna Perfitch and Megan Duffy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, now, we were talking about this a little bit earlier because, of course, we record this over Skype, but can you please tell me what you're drinking out of? I am drinking out of, I'm drinking sparkling rosé out of my new uh, funky-shaped champagne flute I got in my uh, winter seasonal Fab Fit Fun box. It's sort of shaped the the lip of the glass is at about a 40 degree angle, so it's kind of funky and it's fun. I like it. It's really cool. I love it. And stemless, which is perfect when you have cats. <laughs> no, like projectile wine glasses flying off of tables. No, I mean their tail could do a lot of damage if you're not careful. How have you been? Um, with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was, this is our first full week past. Yeah. It's our second, but we, we did our Thanksgiving episode and then my work got crazy, so we haven't spoken since Thanksgiving day. Uh, yeah, uh, I was road tripping with the fam mm-hmm. last week, trying very hard not to kill everybody. <laughs> Uh, I, it was fine. We Zoomed with family. I Zoom called with some of my friends on another podcast called Trashy Divorces. Um, that was fun. Um, I made the full spread for, you know, what normally would be like eight people. I made it for like four people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The turkey, the cranberry, the wild rice. The only thing I didn't make is the mashed potatoes because those are too much work for just one person. Wild rice? Mm-hmm. Do you, you ever had wild rice? I mean, I've had, like, the Ben's instant wild rice. Oh, oh no, 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 girl. No, no. <laughs> this is homegrown Minnesota wild rice. It's delicious. You put in a little celery, a little almond, <clears throat> make it crunchy, give it some texture, cook it in some chicken stock. It's delicious. So I'm really into uh, regional Thanksgiving favorites. I was reading this article about how um, in, I think it was Baltimore, a lot of black families eat sauerkraut at Thanksgiving. Ick. No, sauerkraut's delicious. And the, they had like a recipe by this um, one guy who like has a restaurant and his family's been making this for like 100 years and it looked like the best sauerkraut. Like, they put stuff in it, you know. I don't like sauerkraut at all. <laughs> I will eat your portion. You can have that. That's gross. I mean, yeah, they tried to put that on me when I was a kid, and I just couldn't. It's just not. It's not okay. It's not. Mm-mm. I can't betray my Slavic roots. <laughs> We would, uh, I remember growing up, my dad would just pull, like, a jar out of the fridge and just, like, thump it on his plate, like, cold. Oh, God. Ick. <laughs> you, uh, grandma used to, like, we'd go over for, to grandma's house often for dinners and brunches, and often she would get this huge pot and filled with sauerkraut and cook, like, the pork chops and the, and, you know the meat products in there. And as she got older, she would just throw any pork product in there. Like one day we were over there and there was like cheese filled hot dogs. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I mean, I could barely get the food down that was cooked in the sauerkraut because I just can't stand it. That's really funny. Um, one holiday favorite that I haven't had until recently, but that like my mom grew up with was in Iowa. There's they serve uh, these like really thick, fresh noodles with gravy. Mm. That's like a Thanksgiving food. Interesting. And you serve it on top of your mashed potatoes, which is probably the most Midwestern thing I've ever heard. That's pretty Midwestern. Okay, I'd eat that. I mean, everything with gravy is pretty good, right? Brown gravy? It's really funny. (laughs) My mom and her friend were making fun of me because I'm just like, you do it on top of the mashed potatoes? And my mom's like, of course, Joanna. (laughs) What are you, a communist? (laughs) Of course you do. Um, yeah, I made everything that my mom makes. I learned it from her, and it tasted exactly the same, you know, Brussels sprouts with bacon, the whole works. So I was pleased with myself, and then um, and then a few days later, I made turkey carcass soup. Oh. With, with the, you know, you boil the, you boil down the turkey carcass into stock, and then the next, you let that chill, and you scrape off the fat, and then you turn it into, like, whatever soup you want. So I put more wild rice in there and celery, carrots, onions, and the leftover white meat from the bird. So I've got turkey soup. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you think that your cooking has improved in quarantine? Um, yes. I've learned how to cook for, you know, maybe one or two people. Because before I was a good cook, but I could only – I couldn't – I had a really hard time downsizing portions, mm-hmm. so I never did, and I always had all these leftovers. I'd be cooking for like six or eight people because that's what we cooked for when I was a kid, um, so I learned how to do that, but I also kind of became more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, like today, we're making uh, Cajun broiled catfish Oh, for dinner. Mm-hmm. That with sounds some, good. Yeah, so green beans and a side of dirty rice. Mm-hmm. Oh, dirty rice. I miss it. It's good. Uh, when I'm driving back from Baton Rouge for Christmas, because uh, we're going to be flying back up to New York and, like, staying in New York for, like, a while, mm-hmm. uh, I've been, like, scouting out places for boudin balls. Mmm, yum. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I've gotten a lot more into... I found this really great Japanese food blog, and I've just been working through all of this woman's recipes, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool because they're, like, literally recipes from her childhood, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, homemade, like, recipes from home cooks will always taste different than, like, recipes from a cookbook, mm-hmm. yeah. and I can almost, like, feel her mom, like, sitting at the table, Mm-hmm. With us, so that's kind of cool. What did you make? Anything? What did you make? Ooh, I made chicken katsudon. Yum. Which is you take like a chicken cutlet and you bread it, and I baked it because I'm scared of frying. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you kind of like pour this like omelet mixture on top of it and fry it, and then you serve it over 
uh, rice with kind of like this broth. Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. Yeah, it is good. And then I also made egg tofu, which is the savory egg custard. Yep. Um, and then there's like this, uh, it's funny because it's basically Japan trying to make American fried rice. Okay. Which is like a weird ping pong of cultures. Yeah, because like fried rice is really, it's a very American thing, right? It's not, there's no Asian hint to it anymore, except for maybe soy sauce these days. Um, But it's like a huge food over there for kids. It's kind of like their version of mac and cheese. It's like, oh my God, the toddler won't stop complaining. (laughs) But they put ketchup in it. Yeah, but it actually tasted pretty good. Um, I have the ketchup and then use sriracha for the rest, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of spicy, but you're still sort of getting a tomatoy. Mm. Um, I was skeptical, but it actually is very um comforting. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I guess floating back to true crime, mm-hmm. we're doing a potpourri episode today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I uh, kind of scoured the internet for, like, I do have a couple serious ones, but mostly, like, somebody stole a bird. <laughs> <laughs> the monolith. The monolith thing. I've got a couple of perverts. Okay. And uh, update on Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh. Also, also a pervert, I guess. So three perverts. And uh, um, Melissa Carone, because I needed to talk about her. Well, why don't we get started? Megan, hit me up with, I don't know, that's a horrible segue for a (laughs) (laughs) Cut that. Cut it out. Okay. Um, Well, I'll start with uh, this week. um, In the news, there's a gentleman... Uh, and I use that term loosely, by the name of Paul Alexander. And his LinkedIn profile, he says he was the, quote, this, uh, the puns all come from the New York Post, just so we're clear. <laughs> the high-flying CEO of Central Jet Charter. Um, before that, though, he was a two-time felon with convictions for sex assault and child pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, in March... Uh, an underage girl had gone to the police and told them that Alexander had been abusing her and pimping her out to other dudes. And that sparked an investigation dubbed Operation Mile High by the NYPD and our lovely New York Attorney General, Letitia James. I know I'm not crazy about Operation Mile High because that implies that they're having sex in the bathroom on the airplane. But, okay. That pun is so unnecessary. It's- that's that's from the NYPD. So all right, you know. NYPD. I yeah, guess. not great. Um, the the initial probe determined that Alexander lives in the Bronx, was bringing girls across state lines, and um, they wanted to catch him in the act. So they set up an undercover cop posing as a customer to meet him. And um, Alexander showed him nude photos of the girls, charged him 300 bucks for sex with one of them, and suggested he ply them with drugs and pot so they would be more cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, he was arrested Thursday 
this is the first time the Attorney General has arrested someone under the new New York uh, sex trafficking laws for the state. And um, let's see. He, at the time, is a level three registered sex offender from a 1996 assault conviction against a female of unknown age. And in 2003, he was convicted of possession of of an obscene performance by a child who was not a stranger to him. It is not clear where these convictions are. Um, Let's see. They talked to some of his neighbors, and um, this is very reminiscent of the Epstein Island thing where they started talking to the neighbors who apparently knew all about what was going on over there. Um, One of his neighbors saw young girls and men coming in and out of Alexander's apartment. In um, he said it was never one person coming out of the apartment. It was always like a group. I found it suspicious. Uh, he was doing something up there for sure. Another neighbor said he has never messed with me or my daughters. He would make so much noise. I took a bat over there one day and told him to knock it off or I'd kill him. Um, yeah. And um, they, uh, the neighbors also reported that there were, the girls were also wearing, you know, skimpy clothing and they looked under 18. The neighbors were right. The girls, uh, mostly were all under the age of 19 and, uh, he was arraigned as I said on Thursday. Next hearing is next week. So if you suspect your neighbor for sex trafficking, you might want to Say something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, you should Google this guy so we could talk about his hair. Paul, Alexa- pa- Paul Alexander. <laughs> Vigorous <to> typing. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? He. Uh, so I know that everyone was making jokes about quarantine bangs. This is, okay, first of all, it, he's, it, I think it's a piece, right? It's jet black, like cheap four ninety nine box of hair dye jet black. Yeah. It's not his color. doesn't work for him. It makes him look like a vampire. Um, and he's got a series of mug shots where his hair is different, one of which he has bad bangs, but I think another one where he has a mullet. Oh, my God. Yeah, one of these mugshots looks like this very haphazard bowl cut. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. this is not flattering. Anyway, so he's a creep. That's totally a piece because there is one where he has like a pretty deep uh, hairline recession. Yeah. I think one is like slightly crooked. Oh, my goodness. Fuck this guy. Anyway, that's Paul Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty sure he's a registered Republican. <laughs> so, for those people out in QAnon wondering about those Democrats sex trafficking the ladies, so far it's only been proven that I've seen Republicans. Rich Republicans. 2-0, and o, as far as I know. Um, yikes. 
Mm-hmm. Well, at least I guess he's been arrested, although it would have been nice if maybe people had taken it more seriously when he was arrested, what, like the first five times? Yeah. Yep. I don't think she should be giving, um, I mean, well, we all we all know, at least on this show, that when they they register as a sex offender, it it's up to them to, it's up to the offender to keep their address updated and, you know, all of that information updated it's up to them and as we saw this with epstein too he was a registered sex offender no one checked in on him mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. uh fuck that guy for sure um well i have a hate crime oh jesus and it's funny because I guess in New Jersey, instead of hate crime, they're called bias crimes, which I think really uh, neuters the seriousness mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But um, who knows? I know that like hate crimes have a hard time getting passed, which I also don't understand. Hate crime laws. Um, so... There is this uh, New Jersey rabbi who found a dead pig on his doorstep. Oh, no. Uh, Now, um, in Judaism, if you are kosher, you can't eat pork. So this is, like, very much, like, targeted because this man is Jewish. You know, like, yeah, this is just, like, horrible. And uh, so the rabbi uh, lives in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey. He found the pig around 7 a.m. Uh, last Saturday, uh, which is du- during Shabbos, mm-hmm. uh, which is like um, this uh, like weekly uh, like religious ceremony that begins at sunset on Friday. And then there's like this really lovely dinner. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, goes, so it's yeah. just like like nice tradition um, within the religion, and it goes, um, to, it goes to sundown on Saturday, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, like this is very clearly a hate crime, and uh, you know, I mean, I guess the police are investigating it. We'll see. There is like not the world's best record of prosecuting these types of crimes. Um, anti-Semitism is alive and well. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, stuff like that, it's like, te- yes, it is a hate crime. No, no doubt about it. Um, but you should also be tacking on things like harassment, um, damage to property. Like, tack everything you possibly could tack on there. Animal like, cruelty. Animal cruelty. I mean, cruelty. the pig is, like, really small. It looks like it was probably somebody's pet or something. Like, this isn't... Yeah. So yeah. at least you can get some charge, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'll keep my eye on that to see if there's any updates. Okay. Um, That's fucked up. I know, right? And it's like, a poor rabbi, like, I would feel very unsafe after something like that happened, especially it's at your home. That's That's the most violating part about it, right? It's on his own doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. Rabbi, get a ring doorbell. For sure. Yep. Um, yeah, that makes me very sad. 
I hate that kind of shit. Um, do you want to hear about Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah. She wants to get out for Christmas. Oh, of course she does. Yeah. So she wants to appear in federal court for another chance to seek bail before her trial amid a coronavirus scare in her pretrial federal lockup in Brooklyn. She lost her initial bid for bail in July. Um, Quote, the defense respectfully requests that the hearing take place before the holidays and the government is amenable to that schedule. They laid out a schedule in a letter, which I will not go through. It's fine. Um, They want the new bail hearing for December 22nd. Um, She was placed in quarantine last month after officials inside the Brooklyn Metropolitan Detention Center uh, notified everyone that there was a staffer in her area that contracted COVID, which is not, you know, I mean, like jails are a, a super spreader of the COVID. We all know that. Um, she was tested on November 18th using a rapid test, which was negative um, five days after the incident. And then she was placed in quarantine for two weeks. And so far she's not, ne- she's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, the argument is that she is, quote, a nonviolent exemplary pretrial detainee with no criminal history, no history of violence, no history of mental health issues or suicidal ideation. She is overmanaged under conditions more restrictive than inmates housed in 10 South, the most restrictive unit in the MCC, or individuals convicted of terrorism and capital murder and incarcerated at FCI Florence at Max, the most restrictive facility operated by the Brooklyn Department of Prisons. Um, so back in July, she was denied bail. Um, prosecutors were depicting her life because she was on the lam, right? Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. She was living in hiding. She had three passports, owned a dozen bank accounts, traveled under assumed names, and entered a secret marriage, which I didn't even realize. Yep. Mm-hmm. But not a flight risk at all. Not a flight risk. Well, that is, well, Judge Allison Nathan disagreed, and um, she's just too great of a flight risk. Um, during the that same hearing, um, Ghislaine had pled not guilty as the six charges of grooming and abusing Epstein's victims, and then lying about it under oath. Um, she shot down the request in July. Most likely will shoot it down again, um, but and I will keep us all apprised of it. But um, the judge did say that you can file the letter as much as, you know, whenever you like in order in order to protect the privacy interests referenced in the defendant's letter related to, I think, the secret marriage because she didn't even tell it. She didn't tell uh, anything to the prosecutors. She'll make her submission in writing and propose narrowly tailored restrictions on where she would stay. I don't think she should be let out. No, I have no problem with her staying. In jail. I have no fucking problems letting her stay there. Nope. Oh nope. I know she Rich still has. People really do think that there's two two roles. She's. She was living on the lamp. She's got a lot of fucking rich friends. There is no guarantee that she's not going to jump bail the freaking Christmas morning. Come on. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
fucker. Uh, well, I have another person who thinks that rules do not apply, although oh. this one is a little... It's not, like, silly per se, but it's a little bit ridiculous. Okay. Um, so there's this uh, Staten Island bar owner who's tried to declare his bar a, quote, autonomous zone. Yeah. I've He's apparently been watching the news too much. Maybe Fox. I read about Seattle or whatever. Uh, so... This guy um, is the own is the co-owner of Max Public House in Grant City, Staten Island, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been like shut down so many times over um, not complying with COVID safety protocols, mm-hmm. and it's like he's like lost his liquor license, and the cops have talked to him like so many times, and he's just like, no, I can't tell me what to do. All right. Anyway, so things came to a head, uh, I think, last week, um, where uh, the police actually, like, sent in an officer undercover to kind of see what's going on, and the bar has continued to serve customers food and drink indoors despite um, the new restrictions saying that uh, you can only be takeout right now because second wave people. Third third yeah jesus christ anyway uh so apparently they were letting patrons in um through uh like another address in the same building and then they were just like walking through to the bar what yeah so like get around it uh so when the bar closed at 10 p.m uh, the sheriff's duties, uh, sheriff's deputies, you know, like waited for all the customers to go home and then they tried to arrest him. Uh, let me see. It, his name's Danny Presti. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like try to arrest him in the bar. They waited until he was like walking outside to, I guess, go to his car or the subway or whatever. <coughs> um, so. Uh, Presti's response to seeing the police trying to arrest him for this very illegal thing that he's done a billion times is to jump into his car, drive into one of the deputies, send the officer flying over the hood action movie style, and then, like, attempt to run off. (laughs) So he tried to hit and run a police officer? Yes. Well, that doesn't... Okay, this... I'm not saying this guy's. A, I'm not saying this guy's a fucking rocket scientist, but that's no way. That's not going to help your case. <laughs> so, from what I could tell, I think the deputy is okay. I mean, he definitely went to the hospital, um, but it sounds like he's so like okay, he's not but- like in a coma. Okay, but now you're going to definitely lose your bar. Why? Because you're going to be in jail for assaulting a police officer. Oh, yeah. This guy got so arrested. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Dipshit. (laughs) But I was, like, reading this, and it's, like, bar owner, um, like, hits police deputy with car over COVID protocols. I'm just like, okay, okay, what? Yeah. All yeah. right, dude. Like everybody's losing their damn minds. 
I mean, I get, I get we're losing, (laughs) I get we're all losing our damn minds. I totally understand that life isn't fucking normal, but that's not, that is not a rational response. There are so many people I meet who I want to hit a car with. (laughs) You you don't see me doing that. Even before COVID, (laughs) I I had those inclinations um, because I hate most people. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, you get what you deserve, sir. So, yeah, um, safe to say Max Public House is probably going to be closed. Yeah. Yeah. An autonomous, an autonomous zone? That's, that's what like, he's trying for. That's like when Cleveland Bundy and all his pals were out west and they were stating that they were sovereign citizens. They were <laughs> sovereign unto themselves. And when they couldn't be arrested, because I, I am sovereign and I don't have to follow the laws of the United States or or any jurisdiction. Yeah. This is kind of like the, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's not how this works during a pandemic. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Health codes are important. Come on. I mean, you had to follow the health code when you were still operating as a regular bar. Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden, you don't have to? Grade D, sir. Grade D in your window. Jesus Christ. Okay, I got one more perv. It's been a week full of pervs. This guy is especially gnarly. Um, He is a Long Island man. Pedophile and foot fetishist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, special... There's nothing wrong with a foot fetish, but... No, no, no. It's... You know. The you do you. picture is kind of um, something else. You do you on the foot thing. I don't like a pedophile, though. So just making clear on that. And he used social media to coerce pornographic selfies and photos of feet from more than a dozen underage girls. So say Suffolk County on Friday. Bradley Guerin, 27, of Melville, faces up to 15 years in prison for the, quote, sextortion of girls aged 12 to 15. Yeah, it ain't great. He started out on Snapchat and other social media platforms where he would offer them 10 bucks in exchange for dirty photos and foot photos, paying cash via Cash App or Amazon gift cards. And then he would up the ante for increasingly graphic photos, either saying he'd pay $500 or he would blackmail them and threaten them. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. He would threaten them into exposing the previous images. Oh, man. They, uh, see, law enforcement received a tip about this fucker um, and uh, he... They basically just went and arrested him. There was no undercover whatever. They just <laughs> they just arrested him on a tip. Um, he's been charged with the use of a child in a sexual performance, promoting a sexual performance by a child, disseminating indecent material of minors and two minors in the first degree, coercion in the first degree, criminal solicitation in the third, all felonies, and endangering the welfare of a child, which is unbelievably a misdemeanor. Um. He was arraigned on Friday, $750,000 bond bail, 
$2.5 million partially secured bond or $200,000 in cash due back in court on Wednesday. The investigation is ongoing. Listeners, District Attorney for Suffolk, uh, his last name is Sinny, urges anybody that has information to call his office at 631-853-4161. Or you can email him at infoda at suffolkcountyny.gov. So I looked him up. And uh, I was going to share this, and it's hard to figure out if it's the same guy, but if it is the same guy, he works in finance. But I couldn't, the photo of his face is too small comparatively to his mugshot, so Mm. I'm not going to give out that information. People can look it up their damn selves, because I just gave all the information that they need to Google it. Um. Yeah, let's see. Anything else on that? That's it for that one. That was just a short one. But I I wanted to get that information out there because the investigation is ongoing. Mm-hmm. I will keep an eye on I will keep an eye on Bradley Garen and see what happens. See if anybody else comes forward. I can't I can't imagine that only fourteen victims were No, that definitely sounds like pattern of behavior. I mean four people. <laughs> That's yeah. It's not like it's a one off. Fourteen. Fourteen? Mm-hmm. 14, okay. 14 victims aged 12 to 15. But I still think that's a low number for someone. Yeah. You know, I mean, he could be working 14 victims at a time on a mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Fuck him. That's my response for everything today. <laughs> I'm just going to drink uh, my champagne. Well, it's especially apt when we're talking about pedophiles. <laughs> There's just, I mean, I couldn't, I just can't. It's just, oh, God. I know. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, it's like, yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I I don't understand, like, I don't understand where the weird conspiracy theories come in when we we all know they're real and they're out there. But, but why make it so Again, people aren't sh- – Wayfair isn't shipping them in a fucking dresser. Like, that's not happening, right? This mm-hmm. is what's happening. The yeah. Internet is full of seedy, lecherous fucks who are coming for your children if if you're not monitoring their Internet use carefully. Yeah. And it's like kids don't always, like, register what's going on with that. Mm-mm. Like, when you were just thinking, I'm just kind of like – like how I felt as like a young teen and if someone had like approached me, I mean, even kids who you think would have like a lot of common sense or whatever. I mean, it's, they, they, uh, condition you. Yeah. They groom you. The attention is also sort of flattering, right? To young girls or just something kind of innocuous where, you're like, oh, this is just like a good photo of me, whatever. And yeah. then it kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like we need to have like a culture where kids are protected. Well, you know, he's not using the real photo of himself either. He's probably using one of like that looks like Zac Efron. Come on. Yeah. This guy also does not look like Zac Efron. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Very few people are that good looking, but this guy, it, it was clear to me by his mugshot 
that he was he had to have used someone else's photo because he's he looks like he's much older than 27. Yeah. For sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Um, so Houston is like one of the like sex trafficking capitals in the United States. Yeah. Uh, because we're like a very large, very international port city with a ton of airports. And so we get a ton of that here. Mm-hmm. Plus and the actually, truck, I, I, I the think tr- that our... The trucking routes that go through there, too, are major. Yeah, we have like a ton of highways, mm-hmm. like interstates. Um, and it's like the Super Bowl is held here all the time. Yeah. Like giant events. Um, and due to some really hard work from like local nonprofits, thankfully, um, our numbers have improved and we're catching more people. Uh, but, uh, this is unfortunately kind of ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's fucked so. up, and they and they hide behind the internet, and they, you know, there's there's so many ways they can get to people, whether it's through you know, so you seduce them, and then they you get them hooked on drugs, and you pimp them out, or they use like this fucker with the internet, right? Or the kids come from unfortunate families, like Epstein did, and you give them hundreds of dollars and and then you get them to do the recruiting for you know there's just so many ways that people can commit these sort of per, I mean they're just it's just so foul yeah <coughs> anyway well, do you want to hear a, a funny one? Yes, I needed something lighthearted. My last one is also a little bit lighthearted because she's absurd, but um, she's literally absurd. So, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so this takes place at a zoo. Mm. <laughs> I'm conflicted about zoos, but okay. Uh, so two elderly exotic birds... Uh, who, because of their age and because they're exotic, need special care. Are this, were, uh, is this stolen from a California zoo? And uh, God bless the New York Post. They describe it many times as a caper, which <laughs> always adds a sense of whimsy to crime. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so this suspect uh, cut a lock at the Frenzo, at the Fresno Chassis. Zoo, mm-hmm. I, I'm not pronouncing that correctly, I'm sorry, um, in Aust- the Australian aviary um, exhibit around 4.30 a.m. last Sunday and <laughs> stuffed uh, two uh, species. There was a sulfur-crested cockatoo and a Nicobar pigeon into a duffel bag and took off. Okay. Quick question. Do birds not make any noise when in their back? Like, I feel like I feel like the cockatoo would have been making some noise. You hear some like chirping from a duffel bag, yeah, or like even whatever. It's, like, it's wiggling around. You got two it's birds in there, sound, Megan. <laughs> you got two wild birds in there. He has a Nico Bar pigeon ring sound. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what does that sound like exactly? So uh, apparently both birds are actually legal to own, um, but the Nicobar pigeon is a near-threatened uh, species. And uh, then the lesser sulfur-crested cockatoo is critically endangered. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I guess you could, like, in theory own these birds, but please don't. And then also, like, definitely don't steal them from a zoo. Right. Uh, all right, so it doesn't sound like the police have, like, any information about this. You think the um, zoo has cameras? They have to have cameras. It's an ongoing whatever. They're trying to figure it out. Um, now, actually, um, exotic bird smuggling is a huge industry. Oh, all animal, and, exactly. animal smuggling yeah. is a huge industry, yeah. And so this actually is, like, a pretty big deal. <clears throat> But uh, the reason why my ears perked up when I heard about this is because there is this really fantastic episode of This American Life. Mm-hmm. It's called The Parrot and the Pot-Bellied Pig. If anybody wants to look Aww. it up, I strongly recommend listening to this episode. Tears rolling down my face laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, one of their segments is about this guy who is just, like, really stoned, walking around Central Park, and, like, on a whim, he goes into the Central Park Zoo at night. He, like, breaks in and steals a parrot. (laughs) And, again, it's like this parrot is, like, endangered. The parrot had, like, a uh, lung infection and had, like, parrot bronchitis. Aww. He just, like, grabs it with him. There's rumors that he took it on the subway back to his apartment. I have seen weird shit like that on the subway. Just saying. There was a guy that used to ride the... When I went to go visit my friend in Jersey City, there was a guy that had a giant macaw that would ride his shoulder on the path train between Lower Manhattan. It it would just sit there. It wouldn't make any noise. Just sit there. Hang out. Hang out. (laughs) But it's like, it's such a ridiculous story. Um, and these two journalism students went and interviewed this guy, um, to like, be like, hey, what's the deal? You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so it's like after a month, he decides to give his parrot to a friend in exchange for fixing his resume because he realizes that parrots are actually a ton of work. So now his like friend has this parrot because his girlfriend wanted a talking parrot, but then the parrot doesn't talk. So then she goes to a um, pet store and tries to trade the stolen zoo parrot for a parrot that talks. And then the police bust down their door. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, like, so delightful and ridiculous. And, um, anyway, like, please listen to this story. But anyway, um... Why... Okay, look, uh, the idea of a talking parrot sounds delightful, but... They don't shut up. Like they, you can't tell them to shut up. <laughs> and they're also, like, not picking which word they pick up. No. Nope. They're just going like, to be like, fuck, 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 fuck. In my house, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy who had a uh, fish tank, and the parrot cage was next to the tank, and then the parrot would replicate the um, water filter. So it would just make bubble noises. Yeah. <laughs> or like Didn't the you... answering machine beep. 
Yeah. Didn't you cover, and they'd pick up, like, your mom's message. Like, you never call me. <laughs> call back. Call back. Call back. Didn't you cover a parrot thing a while ago on the show? And it was, let me see. Um, I had it, and then I completely forgot it. Where? Oh, no. Never mind. It'll come to There's me. There's this guy that stole a bunch of pigeons, a bunch of, like, Darwin's pigeons from the London Museum. No, it was a parrot thing for sure. And it was on a, one of our potpourri episodes. I'll have to I'll have to think about it. I have a uh love in my heart for bird related crimes. I I love birds. I want I would love to have my own raven, but they are not um I do not recommend that you own your own raven. They are very destructive. Um Ashton every now and then asks me if we can get a parrot. And parrots are terrible pets because they only bond with one person and they get really jealous. <laughs> oh, great. And uh, also, it, like, weirds me out to have a pet that will live longer than me. Yeah. Like, kids, I understand, because they'll, like, take care of you when you're old. But um, you can, like, interact with them. Uh, but, like, I don't want, like, a pet parrot that's going to be 90 and <sighs> it's just kind of, like, I don't know, making chirping noises at me with my little walker trying to get to the cage to feed it. Well, who do you bequeath it to? Right? No one wants it. (laughs) No one's going to want your bird. So anyway. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, That being said, if any of our listeners have ever stolen a parrot from a zoo, please please email us. We'll keep you anonymous. We'll keep you anonymous. We just want to know the story for ourselves. We won't even put it out on the show. (laughs) Make my day. Please. And also, like, don't steal parrots. You can actually cause a lot of harm. I know. I know. Oh. Um, Tom Penny calls us. He's like, you have to quit advocating for, like, low-key animal cruelty. Like, please tell everybody to stop stealing parrots. We're not advocating for it. We just want to hear about your adventures. Please don't do it. But we want to hear the story if you have. Thanks, Tom. Uh, do you want to hear about Melissa Carone or Caroni? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know right. who that is. I, I didn't want to tell you in case you missed it. And I missed it, too, until this morning. And I was like, why? Who is this woman? Um, so she is a... She was tapped by the Trump campaign as a witness in Michigan. Oh, her. The blonde lady? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched your testimony. I watched a little bit of it today, too. I was like, wow. Oh. You are a little off the off your rocker, uh, which I will get into. Um, she uh, was a contract worker for... Let's see. What was that place that did the recount? Um, anyway, so she's a contact worker in Michigan working on the count, and um, she filed an affidavit on November 10th claiming that she saw ballots being illegally scanned multiple times and suggested that vans that were delivering meals for election workers were hiding tens of thousands of ballots instead in a signed affidavit. Yes. Um, 
in conservative-leaning media interviews she gave her offbeat tale suggesting ballots were being smuggled inside the food seemed to baffle even the Fox News host, Lou Dobbs. <laughs> Did they, like, put it under a hot dog? Like I don't know. Like, I don't know. Um, so... I mean, we all know the outcome of it, but I just need to get into this a little bit. So she's in the interview that came out this week that has gone viral where she's sitting next to um, Rude the Dude, Giuliani. Uh, she's she's sitting in front of a Michigan House panel on Wednesday, uh, basically sort of uh, dressing down the Republican lawmaker loudly and sassily and without any proof that tens of thousands of votes had been counted twice. So, and then at one point she was audibly shushed by rude, the dude himself who admittedly only, who admittedly said that he only met her last week, like, like a day or two before this whole thing. She's supposed to be the star witness for Michigan's GOP recount battle. And, um, Turns out she's fresh off a one-year probation sentence for harassing her boyfriend's ex-wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is a Michigan mother. She was charged with obscenity and computer crimes for emailing graphic sex videos to the 42-year-old woman in 2018, according to published reports. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Caroni, under, or Caron, under the, the name of Melissa Ann Wright, pleaded the charges down to disorderly conduct. In 2019, after police traced the email IP address to her, uh, and she initially denied sending the clips of herself having sex with her boyfriend, um, the woman's ex said, but police traced it back to her, and she eventually confessed, saying that she wanted to send her a a viral, over-the-top video. So, yeah, probation ends right before she... Oh, here it is, Dominion Voting Systems. Um right before she takes her temporary gig uh, and asked later why more people did not come forward with, forward with the allegations of these frauds. Um, she claims that the Trump critics have had ruined her, the lives and reputations of witnesses like her. She has lost her family, friends and received threats and had to move. Now when I read that, I was like, maybe that's because, you were harassing your boyfriend's ex-girlfriend? Yeah. And perhaps you'd been doing it to other people in your life, too. Just saying. Yeah, that type of behavior doesn't just, like, form. No, you don't, and you don't keep it compartmentalized. You are just that way. So, there she is. If you really like to see it, you can Google her, uh, uh, I don't even know, performance in front of the Michigan House. And then, of course, yesterday, uh, SNL did a whole skit on it. So she is now in political infamy. I feel like now this had, like, a little, like, Facebook video with a testimony or something. It's That's how I watched it. Just Google uh, Giuliani, Melissa Carone, and the whole thing will come up on Google. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's something. She's unbelievably bad. Did you read it? 
Oh, my God. Did you read it? What does it say? It says zero. It says zero. It says zero. I was, I was like, you're in a congressional fucking hearing. What's your problem? Well, she also, like, she looks a little bit of a mess. Uh, Yeah. She looks like she woke up, read her to-do list of the day. It says, like, walk through dogs, go to Target, stop by a congressional hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, all that, take my Adderall before I go do everything. (laughs) It's not cute. Like, her hair is, like, in this, like, updo thing that's kind of, like, falling out. And just, it's very, um... She's a a hot mess. She's a hot fucking mess. And, uh, well, if you want a good good laugh, go watch it. She's, she's, it sounds like she needs some help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, when are the um, electors voting? Sometime next week. It'll be nice when all this is done. I was reading this uh, cartoon that was just like, I just want to hate the president a normal amount. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yep. Yeah, very much. Um, I want I want Trump to leave the White House now and go down to Mar-a-Lago and just refuse to come back because he is that small, petty fool. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what's happening? I'm sure. <laughs> so Mar-a-Lago actually has really strict residency uh, laws because it is like a tiny, tiny island. Mm-hmm. And so um, while he was the president, they bent it a little bit so that he could spend more days there. But Mar- but um, Key Largo actually usually limits the number of days that any one person can spend on the island. Mm-hmm. And so they, they like, I don't think that you can be a full-time resident there. Or at least, like, I mean, maybe it's like the you can be like grandfathered into it or something. But Trump is not supposed to be a uh, a resident there. Like they don't have vacation homes there, which is why uh, Mar-a-Lago is a club, not a hotel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, there's some like whisperings online uh, that city council is going to start. Uh, enforcing those laws again and that he won't actually be able to live there. Oh, that's so great. You know what else is really great? Mm-hmm. There are whisperings online that note because he's not going to be a head of state anymore that Twitter can suspend his account at any time they want to once he's left the office. Yeah. Oh! That'll be exciting. He'll oh, go my God. Was it called Parlor? I don't fucking know. Did that oh, ever happen? I want to know somebody who has an account for funsies. So I can like ask them about it, but I like have no inclination to try to get on there myself. I don't either, but um, I'm sure there's a reporter out there that's got one. Oh yeah. Um. So the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about before we wrap up this episode, because uh, we just have a few more minutes, is uh, what is your favorite conspiracy theory about these monoliths? I didn't even formulate one. I didn't actually read them that much. No. Well, okay. So, oh wait, no. So okay, so. <laughs> so my friend created a meme, and it was the one in out west, and there were those. Uh, where was the second one? California, right? And then he put one in his toilet. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Your friend made that. I think so. I saw yeah. that like in the wild on another meme group. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm like, that's my favorite one. Like, I didn't really think too much about I'm not really um, – I love to read about them, but I was like, oh, this is there's too many other ones going on that are taking my time up right now that I don't really need to read about some monolith. Didn't some guys just go and remove it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there's, like, so many. There's actually, like um, – like a white supremacist group that removed the monolith and were just like screaming about Jesus the whole time, which I don't really understand the connection, but whatever. I don't either. It's not a cross. Um, so let me see. Uh, there have been monoliths in Utah, California, Romania, and now Germany. Mm-hmm. And then um, they only like stay up for a few days before people remove them. And then the less credible ones include Las Vegas, and then four seasons total landscaping has a monolith. <laughs> oh my god! I killed Megan on air. I'm dying. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god! And then there's like this art collective who's like, we put the one up on in Utah, and then they had a photo of them uh, working a sheet of metal that looks kind of like the one that the monolith was used for, but they don't have any photos of them actually putting it up at that okay. place. Also, why is it called a monolith? Because it's just not that big. Again. That's why I'm not interested. It's no, not. it's cool. It's, it's, a myster- it's a mysterious something. Object. Yes, object, dart. I <laughs> called it an obelisk for a while and got very rudely corrected because apparently obelisks are pointy. Yes, the Washington Monument is technically an obelisk. Oh, my God. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so um, for my work, I've had to track all the monoliths. And so oh, nobody else is allowed to put a new one up because I am so sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put one up out here. Okay. <laughs> on, my, on my fire escape. <laughs> anyway, um, if any aliens do come... They're just going to turn back around because they're just like, man, you guys are fucked up. Like, we're just going to. I think they're ready to come and retrieve the Trump family. Oh. Hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Crime Talk BK. Um, And please tune in every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to noon. Peace out.